Live from the Mecca Mormonism, Salt Lake City, Utah. This is Heart of the Matter. I'm your host, Sean McCraney, where we are getting together and we're trying to learn how to live as Christians in this age of fulfillment, age of utter chaos, craziness going on all around us. And so let's talk about last week. We ended the show on Monday night talking about Satan, Satan, and how his whole reign over sin and death and hell are due because of the victory of Christ. But we also talked about there continuing to be darkness and evil upon this earth. Jesus has had the reign. He's had the victory. Why is there evil and darkness? We noted that dark is always an option in the realm of free will beings. There's always going to be dark, as there is always going to be light. That, in fact, the very presence of God, the very presence of God that Scripture calls light, Scripture calls God light, could perhaps produce what is essentially areas in the universe of non-God or darkness, just by virtue of Him being light. You know, like in shadows or in caves, where there is no light, so to speak. Somewhere in the universe, that's possible. That would help us comprehend Isaiah 45, 7, where God says himself, I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Some people believe that our good God, because of this passage, is literally the author of evil and that he created it purposefully to afflict us and try us But I tend to see the passage as meaning that as a direct result of his existence, of his goodness, of his fire, of his light, of his love, as a direct result of him being, there are places that are without him. And without him means the absence of light, absence of love, absence of goodness, absence of God. A cold, empty dearth, the opposite of him. And last week we suggested that the tool called Satan actually succumb to this dark force or power, whatever, wherever it may be. In the material world that we live in, darkness is typically the breeding ground, not always, but typically the breeding ground for evil and night crawlers and intruders and robberies and mold. They all fester and grow in the dark. I mean, those, that's this uh, archetypal imagery that we have of dark. It's not good. It festers bad things. And I'm talking about spiritually here. Uh, it's, but it's no mistake that creatures that are usually deleterious to human existence, like rats and cockroaches and other creeping things, come out at night. They love the dark. They stay out of the day and out of the, they hide in corners and dark places. And there's no mistake that in the human experience, hiding and secrets and obscurities and lies, false information, uh, snuffing people out, deception, murder, misinformation, all of these are synonymous in some way or another with dark with a capital D. The Jews knew this relationship with the dark as God said to them uh, in Psalms uh, 
74.20, for the dark places of the land are full of violence. And Proverbs 4.19, the way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. Psalms 35.6, let their way be dark and slippery with the angel of the Lord pursuing them. Or Ecclesiastes 2.14, where Solomon writes, The wise men's eyes are in his head, but the fool walks in darkness. Psalms 82.5 says, They do not know, nor do they understand. They walk about in darkness. And in Scripture, not knowing things, ignorance, not understanding and comprehending, is all often, not always, likened with being in the dark, being blind. Psalms 91.6 says, Pestilence stalks in darkness. Job wrote in 24.17, For the morning is the same to the evil ones as thick darkness. And Isaiah 29.15 says, Woe to those who deeply hide, hide their plans from the Lord and whose deeds are done in a dark place while they say, Who sees us? Who knows us? In other words, they think they're getting away with something. Jesus certainly spoke of Satan as he was about in his day still and and was running rampant because he knew his time was short. But Jesus also said many things about darkness with a capital D. And he, he used darkness and characterized darkness as like the force of evil. For instance, to the religious leaders of his day, he said in Luke twenty-two fifty-three, when they came to take him, while I was with you daily in the temple, you didn't lay hands on me. But listen to what he adds. But this hour, the power of darkness are yours. The power of darkness are yours. He also taught in Matthew six twenty-two twenty-four, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if your eye be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you be darkness, how great is that darkness? And then going right into the next thing, he says, No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he'll hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So he's talking about light and darkness there, and then he immediately talks about God and mammon. And he says you can't serve them both, right? So to have an eye single is to have all your priorities focused on him, God, and Uh, Nothing else. And when you do, Jesus says, your body will be full of light. Well, maybe the the eye is the entrance to the body, the portal to the body. And when your eye is single to God, you're looking to God. And therefore, through your eye, your filter into your body comes his light. And I don't mean that literally. I'm just talking about kind of metaphysically. But try and serve two masters, God and mammon. And Jesus says, you will be full of darkness. And that's pretty sobering when you think about it. Paul adds in Ephesians 5.11, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. 
And he personifies darkness there and gives it the ability to produce unfruitful deeds. How do we expose unfruitful deeds of darkness as Christians? You expose it by bringing light in. That's how you deal with darkness, by shining light. It's not by attacking, it's by bringing light in. Shine him into every situation. There's never a need to call a person out. Uh, Be him and his light will reveal all things around you. So Paul reminds us of this when he says in Ephesians 6.12, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. You find somebody who's involved in dark things, your struggle's not with them. He says, but against rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. So he's talking about a force, forces, authorities that are dark and evil. It's not against flesh and blood. It's against those forces. And the way to take darkness out of something is to bring light in. And uh, you, you don't go into a dark room and try to cup darkness in your hands or capture it in a jar. You light a match. You light a candle. You turn on the light. Paul said in Romans 13, 12, the night is almost gone. The day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside, ready, the deeds of darkness and put on armor of light. John the Beloved talking Big about darkness, beginning in 1 John 1, 6, said, If you say you have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, the article the is there personifying it, we lie and do not practice the truth. In 1 John 2, 9, the one who says he is in the light and yet hates his brethren is in the darkness until now. And then he adds two verses later, But the one who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Earlier in his gospel, John quotes Jesus and Jesus says this very important scripture. This is judgment that the light has come into the world, talking about himself, and men loved the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. Whenever you're going to do a deed that's evil, you want the shroud, the secrecy of darkness to protect you from being uh, discovered, from being arrested, from being accused. So he says it really clearly, light came into the world, men love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds are evil. I hate the light, If I am going to do something bad, I want secrecy. I want shadow. I want darkness. And so if your your deeds are evil, you will love the dark and you will hate the light. Do you ever experience that in your soul? (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) When you're dabbling, perhaps, in the dark, and as a Christian maybe, and the light exposes it, it makes you cringe in your heart. You might even get angry at the light because you're loving the darkness at that point in your your life more than the light. Um, 
It gets in the way when uh, there's times in my life, even still today, when the dark is far more appealing to me than the ways of light. And uh, this is the draw upon us here on earth. It's the dark, the covering, the shadow, the lies, and the lie, and the shade. You can almost feel your resistance to the light when you're involved in a dark deed. You can almost sense it in your soul. Let me give you an example. Um, it can shock you. It can, it can insult you. It can make you angry. It can annoy you. But when light is shined on your personal choice of darkness and dark deeds, there is a resistance. And if you're a believer, you definitely feel it. And perhaps even those who are not believers sense it too. If I'm drawn to looking at porn, for instance, uh, and then someone talks about the evils of porn, uh, my flesh doesn't want to hear that, and I get angry at the, at the talk about the evils of it, or I get humbled and I say, I should be listening to this, it's for me. If you're in a group and you're bagging on somebody, oh, Michael, he's such an idiot, I can't stand that guy, what a jerk. And then another person says, I like Michael. I think he's a good guy. Uh, that light shined into the conversation automatically causes you to say, I'm going to change or shut up. I, I want to hate Michael. You know, you have a resistance to light when you're dabbling in the dark. Uh, when you're developing an unforgiving attitude towards somebody and you're nurturing it, and you're kind of, get, it's just getting ripe, you know, and then, and then you read a scripture about forgiving all people all the time. That light shining onto that dark deed is hated. Well, Jesus said in his day, they loved the dark deeds and, and loved the dark because their deeds were evil and, and hated the light, you see. So I'll never forget, and I've told this story years ago when I was probably three or four years old, I don't know, but I was in a supermarket with my mom in Whittier, California, and... Um, they had baskets of what we called penny candy. I don't know if I think they have penny candy anymore, but we had penny candy where one cent bought a piece of candy. And this, there was a big wire basket full of these lemon penny candies. And man, I just became filled with the devil when I saw those things. And I said, I want one. And I do not, honestly, I just knew I couldn't let my mom know I was taking it. I didn't know why, but my pudgy little hand, my body blocked me taking it and sticking it into my pocket. And I remember doing that. And then I also remember getting into our white station wagon. And instead of sitting right behind my mom in the seat, I climbed over and got into the far back because I wanted to be far away from her view. And then they had this dang cellophane wrapper. And so I'm trying as hard as I can to open it and get that thing in my mouth so that she couldn't detect me eating this booty that I stole. And she said, what do you have? What are you doing? And she stopped the car and got out and she came into the middle seat and came over to the back and said, what are you doing? And then I, I entered into pure, you know, hey, nothing, nothing, darkness mode. And... I'm not doing anything. Did you take something? No. You know, instant lie, instant hiding until finally she made me show what was in my hand and then it was the candy and I got completely uh, busted. So 
I had no idea cognitively. I knew what I was doing was wrong, but I didn't know why I was being so stealth. Why didn't I just take the piece of candy and go, Mom, I want this, and put it in my mouth in front of her and let her freak out then? (laughs) But instead, I chose to hide, naturally. And so it goes with the dark. It always seeks to escape the light. It does not want exposure. And it feigns, pretends, lies, uh, does everything it can to exist outside the exposure of light. Jesus seemed to particularly detest religious hypocrisy, feigning, and is and he didn't like that from the get-go. When Adam and Eve, they knew that they sinned and they put on fig leaves to hide behind, that was a sense of me in the back seat of the car trying to open that candy. And they went before God himself as if to say, hey, what's up, God? <laughs> it's so ridiculous. And he's like, Who told, what are you wearing those things? What's this all about, right? So the imagery of, of hating the dark is all through the biblical narrative and through the actions and words of our Lord and Paul and others. It's no mistake that in the day Paul said that Satan back then could disguise himself as an angel of light. And we come into a whole new thing when it comes to this darkness, that it actually has the ability to pretend to be light. And, and it's, it's not by mistake that Jesus cursed that fig tree that was covered in beautiful leaves, but it bore no fruit or that he called the Pharisees whited sepulchers that inwardly were full of dead, dried bones. Well, what's inside a sepulcher? Darkness. And there was death inside of them. That's how he depicted those religious leaders. So all, those are all cases of the dark parading as light. Now, it's one thing to be Marilyn Manson or whatever. I'm just, sorry, Marilyn. <laughs> but whoever's evil. Whoever loves the dark and and, and glories in the dark, it's one thing to be that. But to me, that's someone who's cold and they're preferable to, to someone who's lukewarm. But when you get in Scripture and you start talking about the hypocrisy of appearing good whited sepulchers, but being really dead inside, that is big trouble with the living God. I don't usually preach uh, fire and brimstone and hell because I don't believe in all those things literally uh, or anymore with hell. But nevertheless, I do believe completely that God is light and there is no shadow or turning in him and that no darkness will dwell in his presence in the sense of a resurrected human being. Jesus said something so unnerving about this in Luke eleven thirty five. He said, be careful that the light in you is not darkness. And I churn over that passage. That thing really blows my mind. Be careful that the light in you is not darkness. He speaks of a light there that never warms and a light that does not sanitize or burn anything. 
a light that does not give life, a light that does not create, a light that does not reveal God at all. It's a false light. And it's a dark, dark light. And it thrives in the hearts of the children of this world. Including the worst of them, who are not the mass murderers, it is the religious hypocrites. They are the worst of them who feign and obscure the truth and they hide behind their robes and their power and their money and their authority. And greedily, they make desolate the lives of other people uh, and they make them dead and hollow. They are, they are in particular, according to Scripture, bad way with God. So contrary to that dark, hollow coldness, which in my estimation has people who love it, its fans and its friends and its inhabitants, and it's going to continue to exist on this earth and thrive because people love it more because their deeds are dark and their deeds are evil and they love the dark, and it will always be that way in this realm. And I think it will continue in the realm beyond with the new Jerusalem being full of God's light and outside of it will be different shades of darkness. And I think that's what will happen. And people who love the dark will have a place they love. Um, But commenting on another group, the scripture talks about sons and daughters who are children of light. That's you. Who love and seek the truth. No matter the cost or price, they seek it. They humbly love and serve others. They serve the Lord. Commenting on the children of this world and their wisdom here, Jesus says another thing that's really interesting in Luke 16, 8. He says about the children of this world, listen to what he says, For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. Isn't that funny? That the children of this world are wiser in this world than the children of light. What he's saying there is that the light that is in you as a son and daughter of God is not going to be as savvy and smart and up there and popular and and all hip with all the current things and able to capitalize on things. No, the children of this world are far more adept there in their generation, wiser than the children of light. So understand when you look around and say, you know, my wife and I have been watching this thing on on Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein, and unbelievable, unbelievable amounts of power and money and uh, did some pretty heinous things. Talking about the darkness, the light that is in you being darkness. Uh, Jesus told his disciples in John 12, 36, while you have the light, believe in the light that you might be children of light. Paul, speaking of our past lives in the shadows of dark, wrote in Ephesians 5, 8, for you were sometimes in darkness, but now you light in, you are But now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Adding in 1 Thessalonians 5.5, you are all the children of light 
and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of the darkness. There it is, that the darkness again. That's not you. If you love the Lord, you cannot abide in that dark. And so the application, seek the light that warms, that illuminates, that clarifies, that is kind and patient and good and does things authentically, genuinely, and in the open. The light that says things as they are, but not meanly, not rudely, authentically, genuinely. Shine with the light that God gives you and shine it into the hearts of others with goodness. Never allow yourself, though we always do, to let the dark come in and allow you, ju- allow you to justify hiding. Hiding. I would suggest if you're a Christian and you're a homosexual, say I'm a homosexual. In this closet bit, I don't know what that's doing anybody any good. Come out and say it and let other people fellowship with you and be your uh, brother or sister in the Lord and pray with you and walk with you in your admission. Whatever your gig is, be that thing. Because if you're hiding it, you'll never, ever be able to face it, overcome it, deal with it. You've got to be what you are in your flesh. And God, I think, loves that authenticity. The darkness is not authentic. It's the most scheming, lying, ugly, fugly thing that we have in our makeup here on earth that we want to get in the back seat of that white station wagon and do our will without being caught. But be transparent uh, with yourself especially, uh, with others if, if, if it's purposeful, and then always with your God. Always open up in the light. Rip your heart open and let his light shine in and tell him what you are, what you think, what you want, what you desire, what you've done. You don't need to go to a bishop or a pastor. You go to God. And you do it in your prayer and you do it in your mind and you talk. And shining that light in changes your future. It changes your present. And it gives God room to work. The Apostle James finishing up says, Every good thing and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Just like God has creatures, creations, that live in dark corners, animals, and that thrive in the dark, he has has creation humans that do the same. But he also has created people, angels, to abide, to be able to abide in the light and seek it because the darkness of this world accomplishes nothing. Choose the light, be the light, and leave the dark to those who love it more than the truth, uh, which is what Jesus did. Write your comments below and we'll read them tomorrow night. Give us your insights on the darkness and on light. And let us and and articulate it so I can read it. (laughs) Some of you guys write stuff. 
you think that we're mind readers and can understand when you say light, dirt soil, tree bark, rubber band. Anyway, write your comments below, even if they're nonsensical, so that we can talk about them here on Heart of the Matter.